Good evening, and welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Put on a little slayer, because maybe it will drown out the craziness that's going on right now. So, I have this, it's called Fireworks. Explode like magnified gunfire in the exquisitely sensitive ears of all creatures. Bees become so disoriented they don't go back to their hives. Goodbye, food. Birds have panic attacks at night, causing mass deaths. Wild animals raising babies abandon their dens in fear. Fish and other animals perish after ingesting firework debris. Companion animals have anxiety and panic attacks. Humans have PTSD. So, I understand that you have received some stimulus money. And you decided to spend it all. Or as Billie Holiday said, spend it all. On fireworks. How cute. You know, this I understand is America. But it's not about blowing shit up unless you're Michael Bay. And you know, this is a film podcast, but we're not going to talk about Michael Bay. You know what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about freedom of thought, of expression, of fucking up the status quo. And I thought, what moment could be better than that moment in Easy Rider? In 1969, Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, and motherfucking Jack Nicholson. You know, this used to be a hell of a good country. I can't understand what's going on. Man, everybody got chicken, that's what happened. Hey, we can't even get into, like, a second-rate hotel. I mean, a second-rate motel, you dig? They think we're going to cut their throat or something, man. They're scared, man. Well, they're not scared of you. They're scared of what you represent to them. Amen. Oh, we represent to them, man, as somebody who needs a haircut. Oh, no. What you represent to them is freedom. What the hell's wrong with freedom, man? That's what it's all about. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's what it's all about, all right. But talking about it and being it, that's two different things. I mean, it's real hard to be free when you are bought and sold in the marketplace. Of course, don't ever tell anybody that they're not free, because then they're going to get real busy killing and maiming to prove to you that they are. Oh, yeah, they're going to talk to you and talk to you and talk to you about individual freedom. But they see a free individual, it's going to scare them. No, well, don't make them running scared. No, it makes them dangerous. What's interesting about that is, you know, Jack originally wasn't going to be in Easy Rider. Rip Torn originally was going to play that character. And Rick Torn, well, he decided to abandon ship. And Jack 
played that role and earned himself his first of 12 Academy Award nominations for Best Supporting Actor for Easy Rider. In fact, Easy Rider, was was it nominated for Best Picture? 1969. 1969 was an interesting year, and I talk about that because, first of all, I wasn't there. (laughs) I wish I was, maybe. In what form, I don't know. Directed by Dennis Hopper, produced by Peter Fonda, written by Peter Fonda, Dennis Hopper, and Terry Southern. Released July 14th, 1969. Yeah, this is a legendary film. Among those uncredited in the commune scene were Bridget Fonda, Dan Haggerty, and Carrie Snodgrass, who was later married to Mr. Neil Young. Yeah, we're not married. They had a child together. My goodness, this film. Okay, see, it wasn't nominated for Best Picture. What? nominated for Best Supporting Actor and Best Original Screenplay. That's fucked up. But in that year, this was about the buddy pictures. You had Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You had Easy Rider. Butch Cassidy, directed by George Roy Hill, starring Paul Newman, Robert Redford, Catherine Ross. Yeah. This was the biggest film of 1969, along with Easy Rider. Nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, Best Cinema. Not for Best Actors. Hello. That's fucked up. Now, another film came out that same year, which was also a buddy film. Which was all about fucking the system. Directed by John Schlesinger. Slushing, blah blah blah. I can't even say it. John Slushing, Schlesinger, Midnight Cowboy went on to win Best Picture and Best Director. You got John Voight, and Dustin Hoffman. Remember, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Legendary, but that was about going against the status quo. So you had. Easy Rider, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and you had Midnight Cowboy. And then you had the old guard that were winning the awards, like John Wayne and a few other actors. Maggie Smith was the new guard. And these films represented, like I said, you're fucking with the system. And that's the beauty of what we can do. That's the freedom. Okay. And I thought, hey, and a lot and a lot of Easy Rider as well as Midnight Cowboy was ad-libbed. Because back then you could do that. You could do that. Here at the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast, I'm always ad-libbing. I'm always searching for it. Here we go. They can't be trotting down a Times Square to pick out the merchandise. They gotta have some kind of uh, middleman. And that's where old Daniel comes in, you know what I mean? Hey! Hey! I'm walking here! I'm walking here! 
starve us out or go for position shoot us might even get a rock slide started and get us that way what else can they do they can surrender to us but i wouldn't count on that they're going for position all right better get ready kid the next time i say let's go someplace like bolivia let's go someplace like bolivia next time Ready? No, we'll jump. Like hell we will. No, it'll be okay. If the water's deep enough, we don't get squished to death. They'll never follow us. How do you know? Would you make a jump like that you didn't have to? I have to, and I'm not gonna. Well, we got to, otherwise we're dead. They're just gonna have to go back down the same way they come. Come on. Just one clear shot, that's all I want. Come on. Uh, we got to. Up. Get away from me. Why? I want to fight them. They'll kill us. Maybe. You want to die? Do you? All right. I'll jump first. No. Then you jump first. No, I said. What's the matter with you? I can't swim. <laughs> Why, are you crazy? The fall will probably kill you. And of course, that's Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Legendary film. In fact, my mother loves that film. Tomorrow's her birthday, so there you go. So you have those three films about bucking the system. And it just so happens. Counterculture ideas. Even Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Even though it's taking place... In the 19th century and parts of the early, well, probably the early 20th century, the way they shot it, it was very counterculture in terms of how they just didn't give a shit. And the same you could say about Midnight Cowboy, Dustin Hoffman's character stopping the car. Hey, I'm walking here. And then we go back to Easy Rider, which you represent to them is freedom and how they don't like freedom. And here we are today. It's the 4th of July. And yeah, we have a lot of freedoms. And then we have um, 
people who are brown and who are indigenous and gay and trans and poor and who are discriminated against and and they don't get freedom you still have people pulling them over people trying to fuck with them all because you don't like people who are free and you don't want them to be free because of the skin color because of their orientation because of their gender because of where they come from immigrants this is a country of immigrants keep that in mind the indigenous people were here first keep that in mind and so that's why I celebrate being an individual going against the grain or as the most as Timothy Leary said think for yourself question authority and even today while everyone is shooting off the fireworks and making your dogs just beyond upset your animals it's okay the fireworks will be done soon and to those who are shooting off rounds in the air well as Chris Walk said bullet needs to cost $5,000 I agree when the bullet costs $5,000 then we'll be good because you know you're not going to spend 10 G's on a box of bullets just to fire off remember when they used to bang on pans Remember that. And so here we are. This is Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. And I thought, just by saying that, and here you are. Yeah. You know where I'm going with that, right? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Ha! So that was Mrs. Lundegaard on the floor in there. And I guess that was your accomplice and the wood chipper. And those three people in Brainerd. And for what? For a little bit of money. There's more to life than a little money, you know. Don't you know that? And here you are. And it's a beautiful day. And that, of course, is Fargo, Marge.
Arch Gunderson. Oh, yeah. And here she is. She's caught the bad guy. But in all of this, she still sees, tries to see the good in everything. And what does that represent? That represents her perception of the world. And also, that's the Midwest. Things are very different in the Midwest. It's such a beautiful film. It's such a dark film. It celebrates 25 years this year. I love Fargo. I love that character. The fact that she won an Oscar for that. She's, she's got three now. Oh my god, that film. In fact, I think they tried to do a TV series of it with Edie Falco. And it didn't, you know. Of course, years later, yeah, they did Fargo, the TV show. Now, I would be remiss if I don't mention, because you could hear some of the score in there. That's such a badass score. The score was written by Carter Burwell. My god. And it's the Coen Brothers. And I played that because the Coen Brothers go against the the grain right there. They make these really crazy films. Gotta remember, at the beginning of the film, it says it's based on a true story. But it really isn't, so they're fucking with you. And I love the Coen Brothers for that. And the fact that, you know, now they both direct. But at that point, you know, one directs and one produces. Directed by Joel Coen, produced by Ethan Coen. Yeah. These are great directors. And they go against the grain. And that that is really the American thing right there. And another person who went against the grain was John Cassavetes. And I have so much respect and love and admiration. For John Cassavetes and his wife and muse, Jenna Rollins. And what it truly meant to be uh, independent. You can't, people can't say that now. I mean, you could, digitally you could do it. But what they risked. How making art is all about taking a risk. They said, we got it on the second take, but we just wanted it. It was so great to watch you do it. He wanted to have a set that was spontaneous. He didn't want where everybody got quiet. He didn't want any formality. So sometimes you never even knew when the camera was going. Stop it! I was lucky to do uh, the killing of a Chinese bookie with John. We would set up complicated shots where the camera would have to pan very carefully. and, And John said, no, 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 you did it much much too perfectly just make it a little rougher it needs a little a little edge to it and john would walk past the camera and just give me an, an elbow so it would go kabump you know and he said yeah that's that's what we're looking for his key as a director was to keep you off balance isn't that right he never wanted you to think because 
If the actor thinks they will get off the couch, he more than likely will produce a cliche, and he didn't want that. Mabel, you're gonna have a nervous breakdown. Get What John did when he gave you a script, that was yours. From the time he gave you the script, he never said another word about your character, unlike almost any writer or director in the world. I mean, I get my kicks out of acting. If I can reach, reach a woman sitting in the audience, I feel like I've done a good job. Is that all? Shadows, uh, like any other thing, was an accident. Accidental. Uh, desire to express oneself. Uh, obsessive. Like we all are, we're all obsessive. I am. And we all are, I think we're going for a way of saying something that might be different than uh, the normal, conventional, boring way of saying something that most people like in an audience because they are, uh, uh, they are dull in their own lives. I ain't got It's uh, true. It's true. Nobody's going to go to the picture. So what? <laughs> <laughs> That's John Cassavetes talking about being different and what he did as a filmmaker. I have so much respect for. That is the American dream right there. Is coming over here and then you get to be an independent. You get to do things on your terms. Whether it be life or death or film. And I have so much respect and admiration for John Cassavetes and the cast of characters that he played with and his wife, Jenna Rollins, the keeper of that flame and his children who also continue to make films. So when Francis Ford Coppola, who I really enjoy, says he put the vineyard up for sale just to finance Apocalypse Now, I get it. But then you look at what John Cassavetes and Jenna Rollins did, that shoestring budget the films that they would make the the you know the mainstream films they would use that money to make their independent films and then at the same time they're making them in their house and then they're getting another mortgage for the house to pay for the film that's badass right there and so that's why i wanted to talk about it these mavericks these you know, I talked about the buddy pictures and I talked about going against the grain, representing something of freedom, which Jack Nicholson talked about in Easy Rider to I'm walking here, get out of my way in Midnight Cowboy to, hey, the buddy picture, Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid, where they're like, hey, we got to get out of here. What are we going to do? We're going to jump. I can't swim. Jump anyway. You got to jump. To make it interesting. Okay. And then you have John Cassavetes. Who took films. And made them totally different. Without John Cassavetes. You don't have Quentin Tarantino. Okay. You don't have. Um, what's the other director. I mean, there's a lot of independent film directors who owe their nutsack and and their secretions and and their, their male and female and non-binary and whatever. Jim Jarmish, oh my God, he owes it to Cassavetes. 
It's just awesome. It's awesome. So as always, unpleasant dreams. <laughs>